And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Drew Holden. It's always a great time talking to Drew. Uh, we covered a lot, as always. We talked about uh, Anthony Fauci versus Rand Paul and, and the media's disturbing lack of curiosity uh, regarding the origins of COVID. We talked about Joe Biden's latest uh, dementia-inspired outburst. I <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Drew, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. And if you are on iTunes, please take literally five seconds uh, to give us a five-star rating and a good review that really helps the show, helps move up the iTunes charts. It's a way you can help out the show that is literally free and takes five seconds. So please take the time to leave a good review on iTunes. And if you like the show and want to get involved with what we have going on over here, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Drew Holden. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Drew Holden. Drew, how have you been, man? Great, man. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you having me back on, um, c- catching up after. Uh, I've been trying to, to de-news my weekends a little bit more, and I, I did that well on Saturday this week, less so on Sunday, but I'm thrilled to be back here with you, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I uh, I was definitely out of out of the news all weekend. I was up at the cabin fishing, and I, I get back, That's and... Awesome. The president's talking about waxing his butt for some reason. I'm like, oh man, dude, like everything's going great. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. We're, government we're is going great. Here. So we, we have to talk about Anthony Fauci again. Um, real tired of this guy. I mean, look, if he would just go away, man, I, I'd, I'd be thrilled. But um, I, I, I called him probably six months ago, and a bunch of people laughed at me. I, I called Fauci the nation's most dangerous sociopath. <laughs> and yeah. I, I honestly do believe that. I do think he is like a, a truly wicked. Um, human being, um, but Rand Paul is still taking this guy <laughs> behind the woodshed any ch- any chance yeah. he gets uh, during these Senate hearings, and and it, at this point we know that Fauci and the NIH funded the Wuhan lab. We know that the Wuhan right. lab was doing gain of function research. So right. I mean, essentially, it's an oversimplification, but Fauci is complicit in the release of a virus that killed five million people. But he has a D next to his name, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's it, it's amazing. It, it's insane. And I mean, I think one of the things, too, and you, you really see it in the hearing is so they go back and forth about what technically gain of function is. And it like Fauci is using some some highfalutin way of evaluating gain of function research that literally and this is coming from a non-academic, obviously. So take it with grains of salt. But it, it seems like they have invented a framework for what gain of function research means, because in 2013, 2014, something like that, they paused gain of function research. And so there's a lot more oversight that needs to be required in terms of things that are gain of function. And so wouldn't you know it as a result of that, 
shortly thereafter, NIH comes up with a definition that allows them to escape scrutiny on a ton of this stuff. And if you if you listen to Rand Paul, who, mind you, is a doctor by training, too. Right. So it's not like this stuff is not is not just going to go over his head the way that it might. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't will Guam t- trip over or tip over level stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, so gain of function is when you make a, a virus easier to spread or more lethal or spread between species. Right. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, and that was the research we were funding. Right. They're spiking proteins. They're doing this stuff. And he's like, well, that's not gain of function. And it's, just, it's like <laughs> it's and again, it should be the sort of thing that anyone across the media landscape could look at and be like oh, wow, this is right. Like, I, I remember all the fact checks from the Trump era where Trump would say things that just weren't true, but he'd say them in such a way where he thought he was escaping. And he just obviously wasn't. And the media was happy to hammer him right. on all of this stuff. But as soon as it's, you know, right, our, our Lord and Savior, so, Dr. Sometimes. Fauci. Yeah, exactly. In many cases, rightfully so, I think. But as soon as it's, you know, the guy who's, whose name was on everybody's underwear for 12 months or however long it was, they're not interested in, in pinning this guy to the table, which is exactly is what Ron Paul, Rand Paul has done multiple times now with these hearings. The only just, place five she doesn't like seeing his face splashed on TV, I'm sure. Right. And I, I just don't it begs the question what what would it take for the left right. and the press to not defend one of their own? I mean like <laughs> I mean like come on man. The, yeah. The, they'll defend a guy a who is like, potentially at least Yeah, like you're you're talking about potentially being complicit in the deaths of five million, like I'm sorry to laugh, but it's just like this is such evil, profoundly evil stuff. It's like, I, right? And they always do this. It's like, wh- why do they always do this? It's like Cuomo. They'll defend Andrew Cuomo, a, a yep. murderous rapist, right? It's like, like Clockwork. They will defend anybody with a D next to their name. And it's like, what is there a limiting principle here? Like, what wouldn't they like genocide? Like, I, like what? Yeah, like, I, exactly, exactly. And like, I, I think the answer is probably a qualified. No, in that as long as they are really the right people, right, Governor Cuomo, who could do no wrong, at least for most of the pandemic, and certainly Fauci, who truly can do no wrong, I don't think there's a line. Like, I think as long as Fauci gets up there with a straight face and says what he at least pretends to believe, they're going to back him on it. And that's that. Because he's still, he's the the scientist. He's the one who led us through the pandemic. He cured AIDS or whatever whatever they, they say about him, you know? And so even though it might truly beggar belief left and right, I don't think they they can get up off the mat on this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I guess yeah, I, I don't think there is any kind of limiting principle. I mean, the the left will you know defend the Chinese Communist Party, the people that that uh, are responsible for the largest genocide in human history. <laughs> you know, right? They right. Lo- literally like, you... like, killed more people than Genghis Khan, right? Like, yeah. You know, the largest mass death in in human history, and it's but it's like, man, I just don't get it. I I don't know why they choose the the Fauci's, the Cuomo's to lionize. It's like why? Why do they, there's 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 plenty of decent human beings on the left. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm related yeah. to a lot of them. I'm buddies with a lot of them. There are a lot of people that I profoundly disagree with, but they're they're genuine, good people that are trying to do their best. Why not pick one of them? Why yeah. why this hack, Fauci? Why Andrew Cuomo? Like why are they drawn? Like they're, it's man, it's like. It, it's not even fun to try to like bait the left into defending evil people because they just do it right because they do it on their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think some of it is. Listen, I mean, when you when you look at all of the people they choose to lionize for whatever reason, there are people with a lot of power and control and ability to get other people to because of their titles or offices or whatever, like can get a lot of people to submit to the things they think are true, which I'm sure can't be you know can't be ignored in this stuff. But yeah, I mean, it it really is stunning, and I think that one of the things. 
And there's certainly a, a, you know, a political survival element to this that probably works quite well for the Dems on this front. But when they, when they approve of someone, when someone is, is good, it is unbelievably hard to have a fall from grace, right? The only one who I can even conceive of is probably Harvey Weinstein. And that was just because it happened outside of the political, right? right? He's a, you know, a big, a big donor bundle or whatever. And like, that's just because it happened outside of the political context, but these are the same people who will still go to the mat to defend Bill Clinton. And so once yeah. they, once they get in their head and have said out loud that someone is good, that's pretty unshakable and future events. I don't think factor into that determination because it's like, to me, I think the thing I keep coming back to is because it becomes religious, right? right? Their, their, con- their belief that they are that this person they have ascribed some value or, or import to the idea that they are good and valuable and noble and right truly is a, a measure of faith. And so it can't be shaken simply because all the data might point the other direction. Right. Just the mental gymnastics needed. I mean, like simultaneously, you're hearing from the left that we need to remake Western society in the image of you know, Chinese communism because <laughs> of a virus. Right. But they also demand that we ignore where the virus came from. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh, wait, 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 wait. how can you hold both of those positions at the same time? It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, and again, like this is when you are truly going to go to the mat for not just an idea, but particularly for a person. These are the sorts of contradictions that you can't avoid. Like they're yeah. going to keep cropping up and there's no, you know, it's 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 pure double think. There's no getting around it. Yeah, it must be nice to be a Democrat, man. I mean, yeah. that you can you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to the country, and the press will cover it up. I mean, it's just like, yeah. it's incredible stuff. I mean, man, if I, yeah, if and I it, say it, one it wrong word on this podcast, I get attacked by my own audience. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Truly, like, truly. I mean, yeah, goodness. the loyalty thing is, is, is there. And it's just, it's jarring, right? Like, I think what really kills me is there is no curiosity on this stuff, right? You've got the scientist who has ordered this country for the last 18 months and a senator going back and forth about whether or not the United States is potentially complicit in a plausible theory and how a once in a lifetime plague happened. That should be interesting. That should be news. And it's not. And instead, all we have is, oh, well, Rand Paul raised his voice at Dr. Fauci. And that's the coverage. Yeah. And it's it, it, it really does. And I know I'm, you know, I'm uh, as a as a as someone who gives probably the media <laughs> too much credit sometimes, like I, it continues to just absolutely blow my mind that this is where we reach. And I can't like we're 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 plumbing a bottom that I didn't even realize we could hit. <laughs> yeah, truly, thing is, I I'm not I I didn't find it jarring, and I'm never surprised <laughs> at, the, at the behavior and I know of the I'm press. Probably the only one. Yeah, right? like I, I get. I know I, you are not there with me on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the best thing uh, Donald Trump ever did was call the press the the enemy of the American people, and I think that's absolutely true. I do think the the corporate press is populated by some of the worst, most destructive and evil people in the country. I, I do believe that. I, I think I don't mean to think that. I know you do, <laughs> Senator McCarthy. I, I don't think that you know Senator McCarthy when he was uh, looking for commies, he was just looking in the wrong spot. I mean, he needed to look at the press. Okay, they weren't in Congress, they weren't in the, <laughs> the FBI or whatever. They were in the the newsrooms of the New York Times and the Washington Post, and that, that's where the 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 you know this malignant force is coming from the press. And they you know a lot of like. A lot of people get mad at me when I say this because I, I don't I don't believe that most politicians are evil, but uh-huh. I do think that 
most journalists are evil. <laughs> I Interesting. Do, I, I, I do think that's that... not very libertarian of you. you. You're you're giving most politicians credit for potentially not being evil. Well, no, 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 no. I think government is evil. Government as yeah, a whole. Fair. I don't think individual polit. I mean, some of them are. I mean, there are some bad actors out there. Um, I can you know we can name a few, but like I, I think overall, institutionally, the the press is actually more wicked than like Congress. So, like, I, I think huh. they actually they actually want to destroy the country when most of the politicians actually think they are doing the right thing or whatever. They're just misguided. Interesting. Huh. I mean, look at look at the sixteen nineteen yeah. project. Like, think look at the New York Times. Like, yeah. Did they 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 do want to end the republic? Like, they their goal is the destruction of the country, and it's like. I don't know, man. If you can't call that evil, I don't. I don't know what is. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think we'll, we'll where we'll probably quibble is just in the numbers, right? right like I, right. I definitely agree with you on things like the sixteen nineteen project. And I think I I am just of the opinion that the overwhelming majority of them are either people who earnestly believe that what they're doing is good, and or there are people who are willing to who look at that those sorts of things and just kind of shrug. Right. And so t- to me, it's the active versus passive. And, and maybe right. maybe you disagree or maybe you think that that doesn't matter. And that if you're willing to if you're willing to make those accommodations and whatever, you're just as bad. Here's the thing about my political philosophy, Drew, is that I'm always rooting for you to be right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, when I'm wrong, when my predictions are wrong, that means the country's doing OK. That's that's, that's fair. I want I, I want I, I would love for libertarianism to be unnecessary. You yes. know what I mean? I, okay. I, would, I would love Me too. For, I mean, I would love it if you're right. I would I'm love willing it. to go to greater lengths to make that possible. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, I would, I'd love it if you were right. If all the institutions were salvageable, if, if you know, if we yeah. could actually vote our way out of all this stuff. Like, I, I hope you're right, man. I, I want to be wrong so bad. It's just over the last year, year and a half. I've been right a lot more than I ever yeah, have man, been before. Yeah, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, the last 18 months, and I, God, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, but the last 18 months have really been a, a, a test case in where libertarianism succeeds. And I, you know, like I, I want to be wrong, man. I want so believe badly. Believe me, me too. More than you. <laughs> like, no one, other than libertarians, no one could root more for libertarians to be wrong than me. I mean, that's, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the last 18 months have been a really, really, really good case study in uh, all the problems of the excesses of government. And its attendant fans, supporters, uh, yeah. sophists, the rest. I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better because, I mean, we're looking at state. I mean, they're, they're really milking the COVID stuff for, for everything it's worth. States are now yeah. – Andrew Cuomo is going to reissue a statewide mask, mask mandate today. Uh, actually, I think the press conference is like right now as we speak. But, yeah, you know, the, yeah. these states are going to try to shut down their economies again. And honestly, the only way out of this – and let me know if you agree. Uh, the only way out of this is mass noncompliance. I mean, like these yeah. people, they, they see your compliance as weakness and they will never stop until you make them stop. The American people need to stop participating in the COVID pandemic. They need to say, I'm no longer participating in COVID. Just don't just yeah. en masse. Do not comply. I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think some of it, too. And this is again, this is the, the potentially wet behind the ears institutionalist in me. But I think part of it is we need to be right now. Right. I, I took a little flack for this at the end of last week, but we need to be drumming anyone who even suggests that we're going back to something like where we were last year completely. Like we, we need to, like, if any Republican so much as suggests that we could have a pandemic, we could have a pandemic response the way that we used to, they should have a primary challenger on the spot, right? Like yeah. this cannot, we just, we yeah. simply can't tolerate it at the national level, at the state level, at the local level, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like, I, I think on some level it's like, what, 
what can you do and who who are the people who have to have some political courage in those situations right like for me what is it like I, I, I refuse to put on a mask when I'm walking around outside when DC potentially brings back an outdoor mask mandate is, is one thing but you know I think that the people who really have to make sacrifices are probably governors who just say kick rocks right pound sand we're not we're not doing this and then it, what do you do if you're a small business in a place like New York City and you, like let's say you run a restaurant like I think what you have to I think the only way we get out of this, and again, it's, it's asking an enormous amount from these people, would be keep your business open, right? And then, like to. The, the, to me, that that's probably what has to happen. And they're going to they're going to they're going to arrest people, but they yeah, can't arrest exactly. all of us. That's the thing. And, and that's exactly. The thing. And I, we're we're both Christians, Drew, and like I, uh, yeah, I mean, every pastor, every priest needs to be willing to go to prison. Hundred percent. Yep. They need to like every yeah. make make the state arrest As we're saying, every make, yeah. single right. pastor. Make, Send them make all the police the make them make the police kick open church doors and every arrest church, congregants. Every single church. Every That's church. what it's got to be. Yeah. It I mean, yeah, it really does. I think I think the only way we're going to make progress on this thing is if there is that kind of sustained civil disobedience, if it comes back. And it's right now fight like hell to make sure that it can't. Absolutely. That it is it is uh, it is politically untenable for any Republican to so much as suggest or hint at bringing these things back. Um, I mean, because every... I think some of it, too, is like we've got to. I think there really is a slippery slope here. And I think obviously we saw that on the way in. And so it's how can you draw the line and then hold the line with as much force as possible? And I think part of that is don't give in to the small stuff. And how do you even like, get back to we, that like, place? I mean, the, we, there wasn't, I mean, how many governors stood up to the pressure from the press? I mean, like DeSantis, I guess. I mean, he was DeSantis shut, and known. He, he shut mean, down a handful Florida of for a couple weeks, I think. I mean, DeSantis wasn't yeah. even perfect. I, I like the guy a lot. But um, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Greg Abbott shut down Texas. You know, I mean, it's like, where, where, <laughs> what happened what happened to these right. guys yeah. man you know it's, yeah exactly it's I, I i hope i hope that like the second time through one given the experiences of the first pandemic but two like the goal all along was to come up with a vaccine that can reduce the impact of this thing to something comparable to the flu we've always said that that would be an enormous victory and milestone in this and we've done that we've hit that Right. It is inconceivable to me that we would bring back the types of things that we needed before we had a vaccine. Now that we have a vaccine. Yeah. Like I mean, it, is, it is just inconceivable. And, and any like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm like pretty OK with the big tent Republicanism and all that. But I think any any elected Republican who doesn't agree with that should be made to agree or should be primaried. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a, a hop, skip and a jump away from. Uh, being an anarchist and I'm a Republican, so I, I <laughs> yeah. definitely, I yeah. definitely agree with the big tent Republicanism. But exactly. No, I mean you're absolutely right. You can't. I mean, man, like guys like my governor Mike Dewine. I mean, what he did yeah. to the state. I mean, he could be, uh-huh. he should be in prison for crimes against humanity. And I, I know that I'm not saying that with any irony at all. I mean, yeah, these I know people. You, um, you look at Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> I mean, you look at these people. It's like, yeah. how are they free? How are they walking around? Um, you see all these studies coming out that five times as many children in the United States committed suicide due to the lockdowns than actually died of COVID. And it's like they're yeah. they're they're slaughtering your children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean they're they're driving your children to suicide. That's what they, yeah. these people are monsters. I mean they're they're wicked. And right. They don't and the care. idea that we could even the idea that we could even consider and listen, like I, I think part of it is again, like for so many Democrats, this is a tenet of faith. And so there's not going to be, I don't think we're going to be able to reason with them. And so I think this will be, I don't know, a call for the first time in in the Republican party, at least since I've been alive and walking this planet where like, we actually have to have a line and hold it. Yeah. Right. No, Absolutely. no caves, no givens. Like with, with the power and authority that we have, 
we stop this and we sell out and that you're going to have the Adam Kinzinger's of the world and probably oh, the gosh. Liz Cheney's of the world who are like, Oh Adam, no, like what Adam if Kinzinger. like we need, we need a bipartisan solution. Like, no, we don't. No, we no, don't. Period. No. Get out of the way. Stay out of the way. That's it. No. That has to be, that has to be the ultimatum. And Why if can't not, we meet like, them halfway on their communist oppression? 100, what? 100%. <laughs> Honestly though, like the Democrats should come out tomorrow and they would be like, we are arresting all Republicans. And Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger would be like, we have a bipartisan solution to only arrest one in three Republicans. Like <laughs> it's a conser- That's what they're going to the do with this stuff. The conservative case for arresting Republicans by 100%. David Brent. Oh like, exactly right. It's coming. Yeah, the, the, the conservative, conservative case, case for, for mass among Republicans. Yeah, exactly. Why why you should be driving the train to your own execution? Like this, this is literally where these people are. And yeah. so we just need to like they're not serious, and we need to stop pretending they're serious. There's stuff oh, where, all, where it's worth throwing in, and and all part of this too is like it's about it's about picking your targets and picking your fights. Are there things like right? If we have to if we have to consider the ways we want to overhaul the tax code, fine. That's that's something to do it. But this is civilizational. Like these are the sorts of things where we can't actually broker any compromise, You're um, and, right. and and we just need to not right. I'm yeah. I'm a I'm a squishy moderate milk toast Republican at the end of the day, but like there have to be some things where we just lock arms and say no, and this has to be it. A hundred percent. If if not now, when? <laughs> like what? If right. we can't draw the line here, then right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Then what's or the else, point? Like, of, like, then what's the point and, of the Republican Party? Exactly. And there's a part of me that's like. I can just see it, you know, in, in six months when we're back in lockdown and there's, they're, they're, they've got helicopter patrols going over Washington, D.C., the, the Republican the Republican Party will get up there and they'll fight the tooth and nail to make sure that we can have Wi-Fi access until 9 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. <laughs> you know, like like it's it, the, 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 it's it, I, I wish I could have more faith that we're actually going to to meet our calling on this one. But. Yeah, I mean, we've got to we, we've got to absolutely nuke this thing from orbit before it gets off the ground. If you can't conserve the right to not wear crap on your face and leave yeah. your house, then what have you conserved? Right. Well, we talk a We're lot back. about like what what has the conservative movement actually conserved over the years? Not much. Right. But man, if we can't, I mean, if we can't conserve <laughs> showing your face in public, like yeah. what what are we doing? Yeah. Like what? Then right. we forfeited our right to exist. Exactly. Like if, if you can't like the, the GOP has failed to conserve the right to leave your house in the last 18 months. Right. Like that. Not a high bar, not a high yeah. bar. We're trying to get to, to get over. And for whatever for whatever reason, the only things we seem to be able to conserve are like tax loopholes and porn and <laughs> and an electoral history of losing. Like that's it. Like, the those, important those stuff. Those are the things through. we'll always be able to conserve. That's yeah. it. It's amazing. And so I know we're running out of time, but I do have to mention this. Um, Joe Biden, I don't know why, but he told the press that he waxed his butt. Uh, at least that's what it sounded yeah. like. So that's like it, that's just one of those moments, Drew. I know I don't know you disagree on this, but I'm like, why? I, I don't understand how everybody isn't a libertarian. I mean, like, look at how American <laughs> government is going. OK, yeah. I mean, look, like we, the butt waxing. Pre- look, look, we elected a hilarious orange gorilla and then a dementia patient. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, that is hilarious. Right. Like, if it wasn't so destructive to have a dementia patient in the White House, like, it would be a lot funnier. But, like, when, uh-huh. I, when I call government evil, I mean, like, in a cartoonish sense, usually, <laughs> right, unless they're right, actually right. killing people. But, like, car- like evil, but, like, an evil villain in a comedy. Like, that's yeah, that's, right. that's that's American government. Too. Yeah, it's a Scooby-Doo villain, right? Like, yes, that's, the, exactly. the, that's, the, yes. that's the variety of evil this is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I think what really what really gins me up with the Biden stuff is it—as as someone who I think was originally— 
skeptical of some of the real extreme claims about his mental health and and still probably i don't find myself as i don't know concerned moved whatever as, as some people um like it's how, do you, worse, how do you how do you keep watching the tapes and and not think huh, this is interesting like i remember when trump walked slowly down a ramp at west point what, yes. in 2018 2019 yes. and like they were yeah. having they, they were having therapists on like uh, on programs or on interviews or writing op-eds to explain to like diagnose what that says about his mental health. And yet Biden can't get like it just keeps doing things that are objectively really, really weird on a near daily basis. And even the suggestion that maybe we should try to get to the bottom of whether or not the oldest president ever to serve who seems to be having some mental issues might be having some mental issues it's it's anathema it can't be touched and again it's just, like it's so funny how moderate you are when you verbalize a lot of this stuff it's hilarious it's true it's, again, I, I, it's my I, that's why I lo- that's why i love you buddy that's why i appreciate <laughs> you you balance I know, me out I, I have no bombs i mean i am i am like the anti-bomb thrower right it's it's <laughs> like i i and but i will say this is why the liberals listen to me more than than most conservatives is because i sound like like I could, I could be at their, I could be at their cocktail party at like a New York Times reception, you know. And I think that that does that does help to message carry. It's but anyway, funny, I think but, what... but the thing you're describing is Joe Biden yelling at a journalist that he got his butt waxed. <laughs> yeah, truly though, like, it's, and it's, like it's, it's just, just again it's the so ways bizarre. that the media, the ways that the media is just completely devoid of curiosity on things that are of enormous import continues to astound me like like don't you want to know if the guy holding the nuclear codes might not be all there and not only might not be all there but it's like kind of a not so well kept secret within the white house like don't you care don't you think the american people probably care they don't care about the the origins of the worst pandemic in 100 years they don't care they don't care they just don't care the president of the united states i mean it's 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 amazing it's amazing. I mean, it, the founding fathers never would have predicted what we're seeing from the press, right? Like the founding fathers, they they brilliantly predicted government becoming tyrannical, but they never predicted yeah. the press rooting for that. And, and That's a really good point. For tyrannical government, like they never thought journalists would be like this. <laughs> you know, they thought that they yeah. would hold politicians accountable. They never envisioned right. The, the journalists becoming just the propaganda wing of one of the two major parties. They never would yeah. have seen this coming. Exactly. The, the, the biggest champions for, um, for, for content moderation and for censorship are consistently the people who the founders thought would be the biggest opponents of it. Yep. And that really creates an enormous problem. And when we think about, you know, I know, I know you and I have, have talked about this plenty, but when we talk about the, the more informal checks and balances that help our country operate the way that it should, at least at its best, like that's, that's a big problem, right? Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have an external, watchdog that is earnestly committed to figuring these things out and finding truth and speaking truth to power, holding power to account. If you don't have that, uh, a lot of these things don't go, especially given how, how inflated the government and its, its role in every life has become. Are you telling me that Brian Stelter doesn't check all those boxes for you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, it is the thing with Stelter that really gets me too is like how, how low does it do his viewership numbers have to drop before CNN yanks him or like finds a creative way to yank him? He's just like, it's, he's so funny it's to me. Bad. It's like, and this sounds really mean and I, and I probably shouldn't say this, but just like the, just how he looks and how he talks and the things that he says and the guests that he has. It's just like, yeah. it is a comedy program. Like it is a weird like, yeah. Saturday night live skit. 
but totally. it's real. And I but mean, it's real. and it's, and it's insane because like he's got, he's under, I think 700,000 viewers this, wow. this month or last month. And like, you got to figure a hundred thousand of those. Too, right? Like it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's supposed to be like the highest, you know, Sunday yeah. And like to knock it out of the park. And he's like, I, I mean, of those, probably a hundred thousand of them are like conservative trolls. And like who, who watches this stuff? Right. And this is what gets me with him with guys like Don Lemon, who obviously I think is leaving the network at the end of the year or leaving his current role in the network or whatever. Like truly who watches this stuff. And I think what CNN and MSNBC and other places are finding out is no one anymore. And you you probably aren't getting any of those people back unless Trump gets reelected, right? Like that's, that's probably the only way these viewers come back. Yeah. I mean, I've not, I haven't had cable in over 11 years when I got married and moved out of my parents' house. We never got cable and still don't. So why bother? We do, we do YouTube TV and it's the same thing. It's like, well, I mean, I guess I could throw on CNN if I really wanted to, but man, the, the urge has never struck me, let me tell you. No, no, absolutely not. So, oh, shoot, we're already over time. I know you have a heart out here, Drew. Where can everybody follow you online, read your stuff, keep in touch, all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, um, regrettably, I really do need to build a website. This has been this has been on my to-do list um, for, for, for months and months and months. Which, so, eventually, I will, I will have one. But for the time being, best place continues to be Twitter, all, all my writing and, and podcasting and all the other things I do. I'll find themselves there, and that's just Drew Holden 360 uh, is the is the handle. Everybody follow Drew. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um.